Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, lots of car tech news, from Apple cars to flying Cadillacs and even smart headlights. We've also got a story about the possibility of what they're calling digital COVID-19 passports, the future of farming, and tips on how to make a great impression in virtual meetings. All this and more coming up. As the world's most profitable publicly traded company, Apple has money to burn, and now they reportedly want to spend some of it making cars. More from CNET's Brian Cooley. It's long been rumored, but it's an idea I pretty much put on a shelf a couple of years ago. But a new Reuters report says the company is planning to have a car on the market in 2024, using its own tech for batteries and self-driving, pretty much the only aspects of car building that could possibly interest Apple. I still lay 8 to 5 that Apple CEO Tim Cook reads these reports with a laugh, but that doesn't rule out the possibility that an Apple car is coming. It's a formidable company when it comes to things like battery tech, LiDAR, software, and interfaces, all of which are essential to the interesting future of cars. On the other hand, the car business is not one most companies envy, with huge amounts of cash going in and relatively small margins coming out. On the other hand, the mobility business, getting people around more efficiently rather than making the cars that are just part of that, seems a better fit for Apple. Meanwhile, there's also news about the future of another iconic brand, Cadillac, where, Brian Cooley tells us, the sky's the limit. GM recently previewed a half a dozen new electric models that are on the way to join its single current EV, the Chevy Bolt. But the most interesting of the bunch doesn't have wheels. It does have four rotors. A concept Cadillac vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. Now, Cadillac is not the first car maker to get into this idea of urban air mobility. Hyundai, Toyota, Porsche, Fiat, Chrysler all have similar aims. But it's the fact that so many car makers are at least floating these trial balloons that intrigues me. Some of them are imagined as autonomous, others piloted. And some companies have already bailed out of these efforts, like Uber and Audi. But these urban aerial mobility concepts show the degree to which car makers know their business is likely to be upset, not tomorrow, but perhaps out at the far edge of future planning. And they at least want to have some kind of plan to avoid becoming tomorrow's buggy whip maker. High-tech cars and modern driving at CoolionCars.com. Now, a story about some new and improved car headlights that could actually save lives. I recently had a conversation about advancements in headlight technology with Jeff Gilbert. He's the automotive industry correspondent for WWJ Radio in Detroit and is also a frequent CBS News radio contributor. It's not so much a new type of headlight. There are actually a number of different types of headlights. But what the Insurance Institute has been pushing is two things. One, headlights that see better down the road, that are aimed better and allow you to see more of the road so the further down the road you see, 
the more chance you have to be prepared for something you see down the road. It's less likely you'll see something jump out of the shadows at you when you can't respond. The other issue is headlights that don't blind oncoming drivers. There is, of course, an issue with bright headlights that go right into the eyes of oncoming drivers. So it's really mostly how the headlights are aimed. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you about the headlights that blind the other drivers, because one of the things that's the hardest for me, I mean, it's already kind of hard to see, obviously, at night, especially if it's raining or snowing or something. So then you pop on your brights and you can see farther down the road, but then suddenly something comes into your vision, another car, and then you realize that you're blinding them. So you turn them down and then you can't see again. Right, exactly. And that's one of the things the Insurance Institute is talking about. Now, to take this a little bit further and take it outside of the Insurance Institute is I've been able as an auto reporter to see a number of new experimental developments that may be coming in the next few years if regulations in this country change. And one of them is a really interesting kind of headlight that's considered adaptive. And it actually uses a number of different LEDs for headlights. And with radar, it detects oncoming vehicles, so it can shine a very bright light down the road. You can essentially have your high beams on all the time, but it targets cars that are coming and turns off the light in their direction so that it both illuminates the situation, but it doesn't blind oncoming drivers. So that's a new technology we may be seeing in the next three, four years. Oh, that's kind of cool. I guess that would be like a smart headlight then. It would be a very smart headlight. In fact, a headlight company actually put me in a dark room and had me standing in front of this bright light. And as I walked around, it cast a shadow in my area so I wouldn't be blinded. So it really is an interesting technology. It's in use in Europe, but U.S. regulations don't allow it at this point. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is reviewing those rules to see if we should be allowed to have those kind of headlights here. Excellent. So how soon are we going to start seeing some of these new or at least newly designed headlights rolling out? How soon are we going to see them on cars that we can actually buy? Well, getting back to the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety Study, they're on cars right now. They saw a small portion of them on vehicles uh, five years ago. Now roughly half of the newer vehicles have headlights that the Insurance Institute finds are safe and are acceptable. So we're seeing a lot of improvements on vehicles right now. And just to tell you what the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety does, it's a center that's funded by the insurance industry to try to push for safer cars because obviously fewer crashes mean fewer insurance payouts. So it, it, it is a part of the insurance industry and they're constantly pushing car makers on a number of issues. The latest one has been headlights. I see. So headlights are improving already, but they still have a way to go. I think that's a perfect way to put it, yep. Also this week, word that some companies are talking about requiring proof that people have been vaccinated before employees can go back to the job in person. CBS News correspondent Naomi Ruckham has more. A number of organizations and tech companies, including Microsoft, Apple, and Google, are looking into ways to offer these certificates. And the World Health Organization has now sponsored a group working to create digital vaccine passports. While the pandemic has freed a lot of us up from the daily strain of long commutes to and from work, what it's given back is often the daily strain of long and 
sometimes admit it, really boring video conference business meetings. And while it's certainly nice to not have to go into the office, it's not so nice to have to deal with the stress of being on all the time on a video conference. So to help you make the most of it all, here's Stephen Greenberg from CBS. The new normal for work often includes sitting in front of a webcam. Zooming, FaceTiming, and Skyping is becoming second nature. Here's a few simple tips to let you confidently approach your next virtual meeting or job interview. Experts say the most important element is lighting. Front-facing natural light is best. So set up your computer in front of a window. Make sure the light is hitting your face straight on. Or put a lamp behind your laptop and in front of your face. The second key rule is to keep the camera eye level or higher. Stack a book or two under your laptop. Looking up slightly at the camera is the most flattering way to go. And wear solid colors. Make sure your background is not too distracting. And part of looking good on a webcam means acting as you would in person. Business leaders tell me that employees will sometimes close their eyes, scroll their phones, or do other things that they would never do at an in-office meeting. Our face on a computer screen is all people will see in meetings and interviews. So putting your best face forward will help. With your next job, I'm Stephen Greenberg. Next, a look at how the farms of the future will look a whole lot different than they do today. More from Brian Banmiller. Plenty is an agriculture tech startup in San Francisco, reinventing the way we grow food. To them, the future is vertical and indoors. Recently, Intelligent Living took a look at their business plan and found it allows food to be grown anywhere in the world year-round. Plenty is able to do it by using 95% less water and 99% less land. They also use drones and robots to improve efficiency in crop maintenance. Plenty's climate-controlled indoor farm has plants growing vertically. Hung from the ceiling, LED lights that impersonate the sun shine on them. Robots move them around and AI manages all the variables of water, temperature and light. Then AI continues to change and adapt to make sure the plants are getting everything they need. The conditions they've created are so good that the Plenty Farm produces 400 times more food per acre than an outdoor flat farm. Plus, they grow anywhere, which cuts down on transportation and cost. Now we just have to see how the food tastes. Brian Banmiller, CBS News. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.